That's interesting. I'm going to start this, but I'm going to get rid of JP's screen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show and tell. What is this, Lady Ada? Hey, everybody. We're nonstop show and tell, and you thought maybe because we're uh, staying at home that we're not show and tell, and you're wrong. There's a full hour of show and tell coming your way, twice as much as usual. Well, to be clear, we only stay home some of the day. We do go into the Ada Fruit Factory. You can um, watch us. Just photos and videos. Photos and videos. We're very safe. Our team is safe. We're taking all the protocols and precautions. Uh, we'll be at the factory later, um, but we do uh, we do want to continue doing the show until we even if we're not doing the show. We didn't, yeah, we didn't think it was the, a good idea to 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 go into the factory just to broadcast live. Plus, we have masks on stuff yeah. like that, so we're doing those here. Um, but just to just so everyone knows, uh, we do leave. Yeah, we do leave. We do uh, work. Uh, we're doing essential manufacturing and face shields for the city. So, with that being said, let's kick it off with, with Kevin. Kevin from DigiKey. Before we get started, I want to give a special thanks and shout out to DigiKey, who's been a fantastic partner for Adafruit. They're helping us with logistics. They're helping us with fulfillment. They're helping us with some marketing efforts we want to do. They're good people. They're taking care of their folks. And it's always a pleasure. I even have a DigiKey thing in the background now, which you can't see because I just turned off my camera over here. But you will. But, but we even have a DigiKey logo in the background. So thank you, Kevin. And thank you, everyone at DigiKey. Take it away. And thank you guys. You know, we appreciate everything that you guys do, everything you bring to the it, You guys are just amazing. Um, everyone on behalf of everyone at DigiKey, we thank everybody around this area for what, what we've all been doing. And with that said, of course, we're always trying to innovate and do new things and just spread hope and cheer, uh, which is something that I did over the weekend. Uh, I know we've had Shane, our VP of Human Resources, on the show in the past, and he called me and he said, let's do something in our back window. Uh, let's do something around the hashtag world of hearts. So I was like, all right. And he's like, just take it and do it. And then I finished the project, and it turned out really, really good. Uh, I'm going to try and share my screen. I really should have got this working before I got on here, so we'll uh, we'll give it a shot. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Kevin's screen. All right. So can you guys see my screen? Yeah. Yeah, we can see one of them. Does it say DK Strongback? No. Uh, we see your browser with you in the background of it, so it looks like you got to go over to maybe screen two. Oh, let's see. Yeah, oh, we I see just the browser. Now I see your mouse moving around. You click a tab. You minimize them. You might want to move that whatever your video you're going to show. Maybe move there it. Is. We got it, right? Yeah. No. Technical difficulties. Can you see the video? No. Nope. Let me just see the browser. Awesome. The, 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 yeah, we're seeing the it on your little screen. Okay. Well, it's it's now sharing. So I will. Uh, I'll just talk about the project and then. I know you guys are going to share it. I'm asking it yeah. here. So is this, well, before you get going, it says share your screen. There's screen one and screen two. Do you want to try to mouse over and hit screen two? Because I think that's what the issue is. Yeah. Yeah, try just to share it again. I mean, we have we have an hour, but I don't want yeah. to. Yeah. We'll we got a little time. Do, do, do. Okay. So now I see your other screen. Yeah. 
Apple. That's nice. nice. And maybe you can bring the video. I see it says QuickTime Player. Maybe drag, pick and drag the QuickTime Player off to one screen onto the other. Okay. Now I have. I've tried on both screens here, and I don't know if you see it. No. Show and tell. Brought to you by Apple. Yeah, it, it's yeah. weird. It's not showing QuickTime on both screens. You know. Anyway, here's, one, here's one thing I'm going to say. Unfortunately, sometimes. Uh, I've had QuickTime videos that won't play on one screen or won't play on the other and won't allow um, screen capturing. Yeah, tools. they're like super security. Yeah. Videos. So take us into a journey of the mind. <laughs> yes, let's do that. So I have the image pulled up and it's not letting me share the image either. So let's just not worry about that. Um, we'll try to figure out a way to share it. I can put it in the chat as soon as I'm done. So what I did is I took uh, 12 Circuit Playground Expresses. I programmed them with CircuitPython, and there, I made 12 30-inch letters in our back window facing outside. I programmed them with red LEDs. Some of the hearts I made on there have uh, like rainbow LEDs, and it's sh just showing hashtag DK strong, and it's just promoting strength for our warehouse workers that are in there workers working tirelessly. Uh, it's been absolutely crazy for them. We have helpers coming in from outside, uh, just really working hard. Um, I'd like to just share a little bit about what DigiKey has done. We've had, in the past couple of weeks, we've transitioned over 2,000 employees to working from home. Uh, we've been using extraction inside of our building. We, at the top of every hour, we're cleaning workspaces. We are making everybody stop what they're doing, clean their workspace and sanitize it. We're still shipping everything same day where we can. Uh, we are changing our shifts around so everybody is kind of spread out throughout the building, throughout the warehouse, so nobody is working real close together. So it, it's been pretty cool. So my goal with this and Shane's goal when he reached out to me was let's spread some of this hope and make, make sure these warehouse employees and everybody in the community knows that we are hashtag DK strong. So I, I created this sign. Like I said, each letter is 30 inches tall. So when you're outside, this thing just stands out. And especially at night, it just, it, it really spreads really a lot of strength and a lot of really hope. So it's pretty cool. And like I said, I'll share this in the chat as soon as we're done with this. Good news. I got the video to play while you were talking. Oh, good. Good. I wasn't even watching. I was just looking at the camera. I like the two um, rainbow hearts in the so, outside. Uh, one thing. Thank you so much. Um, our protocols that we're using in Adafruit, I'm going to publish those. I'm, I'm also going to send them to DigiKey. Uh, we've been operating in um, the center of the epidemic. So we have um, a very specific strict protocol that our team has from getting to the office to approaching the office to opening the door to getting inside the door to temperature taking to uh, masks, gloves, all those things that we've been um, talking about on our shows. Um, that's something that we've implemented on site. So I'll be publishing that up. I'm going to be working with um, New York City and possibly some other groups um, to share how we're successfully navigating this um, as as we have a very small staff, but we want to make sure that small staff is safe. Um, so I'll, I'm going to send that over to your team too. Um, I know DigiKey is, is going above and beyond. Um, I figured we'd share that as well. On tonight's show, we'll talk about the fever scanners that um, we have, the no contact temperature sensors, and some of the PPP we're adding. Um, so thank you, Kevin. And uh, one thing yeah, someone yeah. said, 
the new feature in Mac OS is probably, it's probably a system security thing. You have to go to screen recording and enable it in Chrome. Otherwise it won't let you do it, which I that makes sense. I, I saw that pop up, so. But yeah, you know what, like I said, this is just something our entire Divi team is all working together, whether it's the warehouse employees, the sales, customer service, production business, all these different departments are all working together to make this happen. So this is not just for our PDC employees, but this is just to spread DK strong everywhere. All of our supplier partners, including Adafruit, you know, you guys are all amazing to us. So. Yeah, thank you. Yay. Also, thank, uh, David Sandy's shout out. There was someone who needed some urgent uh, ventilator components. They emailed us. I emailed DigiKey, and within a matter of seconds, um, the DigiKey team jumped on it. So thank you so much. Yeah, that was uh, Saturday morning. I saw that email come through, and it instantly yeah. started some What is Saturday overall? Yeah, exactly. Every, there's no beginning part of a day anymore. It's just day. There's no Monday. It's just day. day. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Kat. All right. Well, thanks, Kevin. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. All right. And next up, let's go to Noe and Pedro and Brent. Are we going to do Brent at the same yeah, time? Yeah, because we're yeah, doing three yeah. like, triple projects. No, remove the screen for a minute. Yeah, so uh, I'm wearing it. It's a uh, wearable temperature monitor. So we have a 3D printed case with the Feather NRI52840. And underneath my armpit is the temperature sensor, the MCP9808. I'm going to take it off while Brent talks about how it's working. Yeah, so the last week or so, we made a wearable continuous temperature monitor because everybody doesn't really have a thermometer. Um, but us makers have temperature sensors. So um, it's powered with the Feather NRF52840. Um, Noe and Pedro did a really good job on the case. And the LED only glows for power saving when it's connecting. Um, it blinks a little bit, but it does turn red. There's a NeoPixel on it if you have a fever or if the temperature is exceeding a certain value. So it monitors for up to eight hours on a charge. Uh, before my phone actually died, I wasn't able to fully test the power draw on a 3.3 volt, milli, uh, 400 milliamp LiPo battery. And then data sent to Adafruit.io once every minute. Um, so it's pretty continuous. And so when you're sleeping, you can see a graph of your temperature and it going up and down and hopefully down or plateauing. And then if you have Adafruit IO Plus, which is the paid version of our Adafruit IO service, you can get email alerts for when the temperature exceeds or drops below a certain threshold. So this is really useful if you're using this for yourself or if you're using this to monitor somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, the, I mean, people have thermometers, but it's like doing continuous monitoring is tough. And I like that this is, you can see the trend over the day, you know, more than just taking you know, 10 measurements. Nothing is some people who are taking care of folks, you want to stay like, we, we love them, but you want to stay as far away from them as possible, right? You want to um, minimize your contact. So, you know, when they wear this, you don't have to go in and put a thermometer in their mouth or hold it up to their forehead. Um, Cause you can just have this running all the time. Very cool. Design. Yeah, you don't even have to be in the same building. Um, you could just leave that, the phone with them and the monitor with them and yeah. check Adafruit.io from anywhere. Cool. Yeah. All right, nice work. All right, not only good work, but I think this will also help inspire people uh, to make you know full-blown commercial solutions later. Like right now, we can put these together, put out open source code, have the components, but um, the prototypers, the developers, the people that are thinking about products for this this new normal, um, they'll be able to get spun up quickly um, and not have to worry about a lot of the plumbing because we have something to prototype on 
really fast. But thank you, Noah and Pedro and Brian. Thank you. Just one other shout out I wanted to do. Um, so we've been making the foam style um, face shields and yeah. we've been making um, uh, sorry, get and then also getting ones in yeah. to to get to the city. But then we were also doing another effort where Noah and Pedro had been 3D printing ones, sending them to New York. We put the plastic on it, yes. the elastic, and then we donate those. Yes. So we have multiple efforts, and I just wanted to give a shout out to Noah and Pedro who have been running their printers nonstop, non printer farm, nonstop, and the hundreds so far. The 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 face shield plastic ones that you see from like Apple and Ford and like Adafruit. So those are the ones you do in the thousands. They're very fast or low cost, um, two bucks. Um, but there's also a gap in between. So we had some doctors at like Mount Sinai, we had some uh, other doctors at other hospitals and they just needed 10. And we ran out of materials for the high volume ones. So we were able to donate those um, because of the printers that Noah and Pedro have because of their skills, their ability to get us um, uh, this package really fast. And you know, if you have someone who has a printer farm, um, it, it's it's faster to print stuff and ship it to New, to New York than it would be for us to get a bunch of printers and That's try right. to print them here. Yeah, and they're yeah. and they're experts. Like ten printers. And one of the bits of feedback that the one of the doctors said is they really like the pink ones the best. So thank you for mixing it up with the yeah, colors. It's like a too. cheery color, right? Yeah, this is a gray and white and black. Every you know and everything counts. So thank you so much, Noah and Pedro. All right, thanks, folks. Printer strong. All right. All right next up, Aaron. Hi guys. Um, so I have sort of a beginner project to show this week. I launched a new tutorial uh, with a brand new baby. This is your first time using the Circuit Playground Express with some NeoPixels guide and uh, just have it hooked up to a battery and it's just running some pretty colors. Um, so I just wanted to bring that on and kind of show um, how easy it is to just sort of get this set up. It's just hooked up with some alligator clips here. All you have to do is just clip it on um drag a file onto the thing and then you're glowing um so the whole tutorial is is on the learn system uh this week it's brand new just take a look for it and uh it's a really great uh way to just i guess get started if if it's your first time you've always wanted to play with neopixels and put them in costumes and stuff like that um i really focused it on costumes and on cosplayers and and i'm telling people the exact right thing to get to get started because i know there's like a million options out there um, so yeah, like uh, take a look for that. And I, while I was showing off projects, I just show off my top hat, which is really fun. Uh, so basically, it's just uh, the same exact thing that I'm showing you in the guide, only taking to just kind of the next level. In wow, case you a little inspiration. Like that. Yeah, it's pretty right. fun. Yeah, I, I like your like. Let's make the the easiest beginner guide for NeoPixels. Like your first NeoPixel project. Like no matter what experience you have. If you can put some alligator clips on, you know, the circuit playground, you're ready to go. It's so easy. It's so easy. Okay, thank you, Aaron. Wonderful you hat there. That's super cool. Cool hat. Hot hat. All right. Thanks hey, up. Up. Let's go, Colin. Hey, Colin. Hey. How you doing? Hey. I well, I was looking through stuff. I have a lot of cool stuff here, big archives. And I remember, oh yeah, my uncle Bill, who's an engineer, when he retired, he handed me a big box full of cool test equipment. And so the first one I will feature, just the one today, okay. is called the Sencor Handy 53. Wow. And look look at this shiny beautiful thing. It was all That's it was all dust covered and everything. And yeah, so I so okay. I polished it up and everything and it's just like a, a set piece. Look at this beautiful console angled design. That I love those nice. enclosures. 
Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's a substitution box, the Centaur Handy 53, which, you know, before the Handy 75 and the Handy 110, there was the Handy 53. So when you're designing a circuit and you want to try out different values really easily, you just hook it up with your alligator clips and your banana jack or banana plug and go and switch around, try different values. And nice. of course, this is an older piece, so it looks beautiful inside. Not that new electronics don't look beautiful. But Ooh, look at is, that. All, is it all point to point? Yeah, yeah. look at that awesome cluster of the old style nice. resistors. They're really lovely. So you've got. It's like a sea urchin. Yeah, you get the big <laughs> old caps. Right like, they're just hanging out. They're like, hey, they're not social distancing. Get away from each other, Cassidy. No, oh no, they're very cozy in there. In fact, really colorful too. It's nice. And then uh, we've got giant electrolytics back there. Oof. Oh wow. I first opened it, I'm like, what are those like batteries or something? I know, what are those? Like, those are gigantic. Huge. I didn't even, I didn't know they were that big back then. So, um, yeah, it's a beautiful piece. And uh, I've just, I gotta take some pictures of this. Like toilet paper and, rolls. All right. <laughs> it, oh, it totally does because it has like the cardboard. Yeah. Board, yeah. All right. Well, that's a lovely Sencor Handy 53. It is, yeah. A lovely gift you received. It is, yeah. And there's more to come. I'll be pulling out some other stuff, too. Oh, I've got some vintage grime on my fingers now. Ooh, vintage. Yeah. All right. It's definitely not lead free. All right. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wash that off. All right. <laughs> All right, thanks, Colin. All right, next up, JP, how's your workshop? What's going on? Oh, we can't hear you. Check your mic. Nope. That would be JP Shreds. JP Shreds. Do you want us to come back to you? No? Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's a nice clue. JP is going to show a project. It's based on the clue. You're right. Oh, and now I bet you can hear me. Can you hear yeah. me now? Yeah. yeah. Yay, there are so many places to pick your microphone on this computer. I, <laughs> you know, this is, you know, one thing, so lots of things will be memorable about 2020, but one of them is your microphone is controlled from 80 different things. It's not there's right. There's it's no so, one way to turn it off, and there's no one way to turn it, it on. it resets it every time. It's but, like, yeah. I know, what can? Yeah. yeah. I feel, like, I feel like every computer should have a slot machine handle that you install on the side and you pull it and then it just decides which microphone <laughs> it would actually be easier at this point. Yeah, it's true. My audio interface choices are a mess at this point with all the things I've plugged in here. Uh, well, yeah, so I wanted to show um, in the workshop here, I've got a bunch of temperature probes and last week I showed uh, an early version of this project. And now I've uh, upgraded this to where I'm now showing uh, up to six of my temperature probe temperatures at once. And that's uh, these guys here. They all plug into a central unit. Uh, the whole thing was like $23 on Amazon. And it's meant for people who are barbecuing and smoking and, and I mean, like smoking meats and stuff like that um, to, main, to have an idea of what's going on with their temperatures. Um, right now I've got some tea that I'm drinking and that's the one that's at 109 degrees uh, Fahrenheit there. Uh, and I've now also added a button to switch to Celsius. So if we hold down A, it'll oh, beep nice. for a second, and then it just swaps over. Um, this is a Bluetooth uh, device that's sending all these temperatures, and it's using a protocol called IBBQ, 
and it sends one big long tuple that contains the temperature of uh, all six probes at once uh, as Celsius. So, so I have a little conversion math to go to Fahrenheit. And uh, you'll see also if you don't have probes plugged in, it shows up as a little dashed line. What we found, Dan Halbert wrote the library for this, is some of these will send a zero when there's nothing plugged in. Some of them will send 6,552, I think, is what mine sends. So we're just checking for those values. Um, so I have a guide that uh, is, is almost done. Uh, I added a section on a science experiment that I'm actually working on now where I did some uh, changing the boiling point of water by adding tons and tons of salt, which was pretty interesting and fun. And uh, as I was telling Lamore earlier, my son, who's uh, studying chemistry in high school, is explaining the actual chemistry of it to me so that I can include that in the guide as well, because I have no idea why it, why it does that, but something to do with ions, I think. Cool. Um, and uh, one other quick thing I wanted to show, just in the vein of old funny things you find in your workshop, I just found an old um, Arduino Uno that was a weird special make edition one. Uh, I think that was sold in the maker shed for a little yeah. while. Yeah. Focus, sort of. Yeah. Um, and it's got that cool fun make robot on there and, and it was a make edition. So this was plugged into my old version of my plant watering robot before I swapped it over to the clue. So now I have this out as sort of a, a fun a conversation piece for I the have next one of those in the Arduino Museum at Adafruit. It's the, oh, excellent. It's the box of all the Arduinos of all oh, time. Oh, yes. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I'll be doing some new stuff tomorrow. Um, I think I'm done with the temperature probe stuff. And on my workshop uh, show tomorrow, I may be entering into the world of BLE MIDI depending on how things go tonight. So <laughs> please please come by for that. And I'll also do a mini show and tell after my show. Uh, so if you can't get enough of this one that you're in right now, there's going to be another half hour one tomorrow uh, at 5.30 Eastern time. So. This is like the New York East Coast stream one. Yours is going to be the West Coast. West Coast show and tell tomorrow. Please come okay. by. That's right. All right. Nice. Okay. All right. Nice thank mustache so much, too. Good. Oh, yes. Thank you. It's looking yeah. good. All right, thanks, JP. All right, next up, Phil B, Master of Hello. Pixels. Hello there. Hey, it's good to see uh, JP cosplaying as the uh, brawny paper towel. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm going to switch cameras. <laughs> it's so true. Now I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, hello, camera. There we go. Um, last week, I talked a bit about um, Little VGL, which is a library for uh, user interfaces on LCDs. And I have a guide, I think it will be live tomorrow, uh, that talks about making this work with uh, Adafruit displays like uh, PyPortal and Clue and uh, the Featherwing and stuff. But um, it's a pretty neat library. You can do an on-screen keyboard. Oh, like so the keyboard, you can like type it and enter stuff. That's nice. Yeah, honestly, it's it's not real practical with a finger, but maybe with a uh, stylus. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not gonna write war and peace on it, but for like entering a Wi-Fi password or something, it's probably plenty good for that. Yeah, sometimes you just have to enter like, you know, a, a key code or a, a pairing code or, or yeah, something. I think mostly, you know, the, the button keypad type stuff um, should work fine for that. Or even if you don't have a touch screen, um, it's still, it has like some nice gauges um, and bar graphs and such uh, built in. And that looks great. Yeah, it still it still has some uses uh, even without touch, yeah. um, and the nice thing with having you know an existing library for this stuff, it has a bit of momentum behind it, and you're not like implementing your own gauges from from scratch. 
Uh, yeah, what I liked about this little VGL was, you know, we, we already have the underlying code to top all the screens and do it with DMA, like, and that part's really hard, but we, we did that. So we have like DMA for the NRI 52, 7021, 7051. So we can do like full screen updates, which is how the, you know, the graphics look so smooth. But then the actual like, you know, rendering that gradient on those buttons you know what? Let's just let little VGL do it. They're yeah, exactly. You're not you're not reinventing a, a very big wheel. Uh, they they kind right. of done I like the little round one because it's like I have a pocket Excel watch. It's like, <laughs> I'm, like a little business, I'm a little business person. No. I'm doing business. Scrapping my spreadsheets. All right, so that guy's yeah. gonna come out in the next couple of days. Yeah. Very exciting, and it's support for all GFX libraries, right? Um, let's see. Uh, should work. Yeah, pretty much any of our uh, color. Uh, TFTs and uh, even we have a couple OLEDs. It it should work with. I haven't tested it, but it's it's written to do that. Okay. Uh, I, I think it'll work. Yeah. So that if you want on an Uno, you need like a SAMD twenty one or yeah. better. SAMD uh, NRF fifty two eight forty and ESP thirty two for now. Okay. Yeah. So big chip. So not for your Uno, your Maker Special Edition Uno. So you can keep that safe. And then, uh, but on um, Pi Portal looks great, of course. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very responsive on the Pi Portal as well because we have the, the fast display. All right, awesome work, Phil B. I can't yeah, wait to see that. Those are cool. All right, next up, we're going to go to someone who's outdoors, it looks like. I think Trixabella. Um, we're going to go to you if that's okay. All right, can we hear you? So I'm going to come back to you. Maybe yeah. put in headset if you have headset that might help. Yeah, we'll come back. It, to it sounded super cool. It was super like a noise, like show. a metal band thing, like, like radio so head we'll, distortion. So, so we'll come back to you. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're gonna go to Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey, how are you? Hey, hey. hey. Um, so, uh, well, first, it's the 30th anniversary of Twin Peaks premiering. Okay. Um, but uh, as just aside, but um, I've been working with uh, Noe to get some mounts going for the Xylopie project. And uh, right before this, I got one solenoid um, mounted. Yay! <laughs> so I'm very excited. <laughs> very well, excited. one solenoid, that's, you know, that's all you need to start with, right? Every piece of music starts with one note. So yeah. we're, we're starting off. Okay. So, yeah. All right, uh, this, is, this is great. This is, you know, you're gonna write a symphony of one note. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, how many how many notes total are there on that uh, um, album? It's going to be thirty. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be two muxes going out to four um, Darlington drivers. Uh, okay. With well, the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. I can't wait. It'll be fun with the Raspberry Pi. I'll have the power to do like you know MIDI, you know, playback and stuff. I think everyone exactly. always wants everyone always wants to build a you know uh, electronic solenoid xylophone, and it's like now you're indoors and you have time, so let's do it. There we go. Yeah. This is actually the project I wanted to do when I first got into Arduino, so I'm finally Yay, know enough to do it. Like, so, when yeah. you're like five years later, you're like, wait, I'm actually doing the thing that I came here to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for the folks who have time, if you're you know looking for a cool series to watch, I agree, Twin Peaks is the 30th anniversary. Yes. Um, you can relive the mystery of Laura Palmer in 2020 if you want. So here you go. Yes. yes. Never too late. Yeah. No, it's not. Binge watch a show, it's a good one. All right. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Liz. All right. I'm gonna... uh, we're going to go to Keith. Hey, Keith. So, Keith, how you doing? Good, thanks. I'm, I'm here to show off the uh, pandemic special uh, uh, laptop. 
Oh, okay. originally this was gonna. This is for my daughter who's just off off screen. She's okay. six, and, uh, and she, uh, I was gonna make her a little boombox computer. Um, so that's why it's got the little speakers and amplifier and etc. So something probably about that big. Um, of course, I've lost access to my laser cutting at the makerspace, uh, and so she still wanted to be able to play music. So I found this box and put everything in it basically, uh, oh, which had left. A lot of a lot of spaces for stickers. Good. Um, and the all the all important no big people symbol on the front. <laughs> um, and so I've got it set up for her. I don't know if you can quite see that with a with a basically command line, uh, no X. Um, just running that, but you can turn around and oops, let's even get rid of that one. There you go. <laughs> it will it will through the frame buffer. Hello. Play music. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I made up a little. Little script for her that will turn around and go through her music. Oops, let me kill that. Actually, kill that. Uh, go through her music in a directory and play it all, so she can actually start off, start up the songs and play them. And she's learning her letters at the same time. So we've got like a just a simple little folding keyboard as she pulls out to type on. Eventually, I'll get a actual uh, a, a stick going across there, so she can actually put it like put it like that. If I can get it in the camera, there it is. Put it like that, so she can actually type on the box. Awesome. But it's actually been a big success. She's actually really loved it, and because. Yeah. It's, and learning script and learning to learning actually how to navigate the uh, directories and, and run commands and because it's read only file system she can just turn it off when she's done so set, turned out really well yay all how right how do you like your laptop did your dad do a good job thumbs oh. up are we going to say thumbs up thumbs up so we're not we're not uh, shipping stickers and things right now we're only shipping essential goods but Please email us after we're shipping regular things again, and we'll send out a sticker for that beautiful, right, exactly. wonderful laptop. It's a wonderful I laptop. I wish I had a laptop like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Have. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Katie. All right. Next up, we're going to go over to Sophie. Uh, but one quick thing. Uh, that's what Phil B was talking uh, about. Yeah. That's JP. JP, JP. JP could be the Brownie guy. You need to get the, the red... Sure. It's a great time for brands, whether you're Stakem or Brawny. Now is the time to shine. Okay, let's go to Sophie. Hello. Hi. Uh, so everyone's probably seen these 3D printed uh, face shields. And I just made, um, I designed a quick add-on for these. So when they have the uh, face shield portion of the, the plastic sheet installed, this is what they look like. Yeah. And I designed an add-on that extends the coverage up above the forehead. Oh, cool. So it's just another half sheet of the plastic. So you can get two of these out of one eight and a half by 11 sheet, so it doesn't cut into your materials too much. And it's just um, a quick, like a, under a minute cut on a vinyl cutter or a laser cutter. And it works on this, this is the 3D Verkstan model that probably a lot of people are familiar with. It also works on a Prusa one um, because I've done six hole configuration and a 3D hole, three hole configuration. So basically just snaps on to the existing holes. And then these little tabs. So that's a nice little cool, like, flat pack design. Yeah, it becomes 3D. I like that. that's, a, that's a common request. We've heard doctors say they want to make sure that stuff can't fall on them from above and get into their eyes. That's good. 
Yeah, I've seen some other visors, um, some other frames that have um, 3D printed solutions for that. It just takes longer to make. Yeah. So um, this solution is really quick and easy. And I also uh, did a quick write up on Instructables for if you wanted to hand cut this, if you don't have a Cricut or you don't have a vinyl cutter or a laser cutter, you can just cut a sheet in half, do a couple of quick cuts here and then punch it the same way you would punch it um, for the full face portion. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, Sophie, thank you so much. That's very smart, and thank you for getting it out there. If you remember, um, drop a note to me, and I'll have our team blog up that Instructable so folks can uh, oh, cool. take a look at it. Sure, thank you. Okay. Yay, thanks, Sophie. Good to Hi. see you. Crafting skills, helping skills. Yeah. All right, next up, we're going to go to uh, Carrie. Hello, Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Hello, how's it going? Good. Hi. What you got? I got, um, I have a little project slash product that I've been working on for a while. Uh, I call it the switch trick. It's a little breadboard power supply. And um, see if I can get a little better view of it right here. But um, basically it's a switching power supply that has a bunch of preset outputs that are kind of handy. So everything from about 1.8 volts up to six volts. And uh, it has a bunch of little features so that you can power it off of nine volt battery, or you can power it off of USB or a lithium ion battery. Um, they're all diode protected, but you can also bypass the diodes and jumper across them if you don't want the extra forward voltage drop. Um, and yeah, it also has a little on off switch. So you can actually just- I have like know. a four way switch and then you can go like 1.8, 3.35, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's just jumper selectable. So oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and there's an extra um, jumper position for you to put your own resistor in and set it to whatever you want. That's so, very handy. What a great job! Don't forget to paste um, the link to where people can pick that up or design their own because it's a very handy little board. Will do. Thanks. Yeah, you can pick it up on Tindy, and I'll I'll post the link. Awesome. Oh, right on. And. Um, because we're not sending stickers out, um, just remember later when we are, and we'll send you out. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, no we'll get problem. To you All right, thank you so cool. much. Thanks. Very handy. All right, next up, we're going to go up to Richard and Richard's screen. Hey, Richard. Hey, Richard. Hey, guys. Um, so um, this is actually a project that I've been working on uh, for the last two weeks uh, here in Seattle. Um, so, of course, uh, we started making the same kind of um, face shields that you guys are making at Adafruit, um, but we actually got them rejected when uh, they were tested at the hospitals. Um, and uh, the Persia ones, they didn't give us very good feedback on that because of the, the head guard. Yeah. So this is actually a design um, that I've been working with a group uh, to get approved. And you can see it's actually on the uh, National Institute of Health website as their advised uh, substitute for oh, right. like certified PPE. Um, they have very detailed instructions on exactly how they want them to uh, get made. And um, we've actually been making a ton of them over at Seattle Makers. Um, you can see we've, uh, since we haven't gotten too many, uh, we haven't gotten the, the pipeline set for providing them directly to the hospitals just yet. Uh, that should be coming this week. Um, but we have been giving them to a lot of uh, uh, medical staff and nurses that have been asking for it. Yeah. Um, and we've also been giving it to like uh, uh, mail delivery uh, people 
uh, people in stores who are interacting. Uh, we even gave a few to the Seattle Police Department that we're very yeah. thankful of that. Um, we have been printing, uh, 3D printing a whole bunch of those. And then um, we actually had a huge donation from another print farm here um, that made a whole bunch. And so we're processing that now. Uh, we've also became kind of like a drop-off place for a lot of the, the masks people are sewing. Uh, so that's primarily what I've been doing um, the last two weeks. But I've also been working on this thing, uh, which the guide just went up today. Um, so this is a, a version of the cloud uh, that I've done a few, few different versions of, and I think I've shown on Show and Tell a few times. Um, so this one uses CircuitPython, and um, it connects to the network, but I also have a button at the bottom so you can change the weather. In Seattle, it's kind of sunny today, so that's why the birds are chirping. And of course, we have like the overcast setting, uh, the rain, and then my favorite, which is the thunderstorm. That's nice. So uh, Lady Ada actually wrote the base code uh, that I used to do this on. And one of the things that I loved uh, that you did was uh, for the, the thunder, you actually put like it printed the word kaboom whenever it did that. So I got a good laugh out of that. And of course, now it does the actual like, audio for that. All right. That's cool. Debugging by Kaboomin. Well, thank you so much, Richard, for the um, work that you're putting in and helping your local area and uh, getting that design out there and getting it to people that can use it right now and then for more people later. Thank you so much. Yeah, and check out the guide for that CircuitPython cloud. It's so detailed. I mean, it's such a cool design. I know people are going to want to build something like this. And, you know, you see the Metro and for Airlift, you know, has Wi-Fi built in. It's super easy to do a couple LEDs, speaker, and you're golden. Yeah. You're clouded. All right. All right Thank thanks, so Richard. Good work. Okay. Next up, I'm going to try to see if Trixabella is back with audio and video. Let's try this out. All right. How's this working now? Yeah. Yeah, it's better. Okay. So, my little project has been ongoing for about a year now. It's physically big. Um, I've been working on this little camper. Uh, if y'all can see it. Um, yeah. Basically inside, it's kind of a mess right now because I'm still like moving back and forth. But like I've got like solar power going, I've got uh, a little inverter going, all going for the laptop. And then um, basically um, got like a 200 watt solar panels going, a five watt Wi-Fi amplifier with a directional antenna. Uh, next couple steps for it right now um let me just flip the camera um there we go it is to add like temperature and voltage control uh, and logging for the batteries so i was going to look at doing like a little raspberry pi inside of it to add to it and whatnot and then originally this was actually supposed to be told by a bicycle so yeah, so that's basically my project for this week. Wow, it's right. like a great camper. That is a super cute human tube. And you can, you can stay isolated from people real easily yeah. now because you're like, this is my camper. Stay six feet right. away. Well, exactly. When we're shipping stickers again. Um, you know, the, this expire. This offer does not expire. So let okay. us know and you can get a sticker for that. Awesome, thank you. Uh, nice job right. on your camper. And it, it looks so beautiful there, like yeah. birds chirping. I kind of would like to see trees at sun, some point one day again. Trees, maybe. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Drew. 
Um, and then we're going to go to Mark and then Lars. So, uh, okay, Drew. Drew, how's What's it going? What's up with you? I got Hello. You, I got you um, so, uh, um, we have a hardware happy hour here in Berlin. Um, and like two months ago, I was talking to someone there. Um, they're a group of makers called uh, Space Berlin on uh, Twitter. Uh, and one of them does these glass beads. Um, and they were putting LEDs inside of them, but uh, they had to solder like the 0805 LED, the wire directly on it. So I was like, hey, I think it would be easier if we made a PCB. So I made these little uh, boards that are just the width of an 0805 uh, LED and resistor. Um, so they can put that inside of here uh, and not have to do all the manual wiring. So um, it was kind of kind of interesting to figure out how to make a really skinny little board. Um, this is only 1.9 uh, millimeters wide there. So just as wide as it needs to be uh, for the component. All right. Well, uh, very helpful. Now I get some jewelry out of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good, Drew. All right. And uh, thanks for tuning in from uh, Germany, is everything okay out there for you right now? Are you staying in? Yeah, um, still healthy. Uh, me and Helen, um, you know, spending a lot of time on the internet. Um, yeah. But it's been uh, nice to. Uh, there's a lot of like meetups and stuff like that. I spoke at a virtual conference called Foss North um, that was supposed to be in Sweden. So yeah, um, it's, there's been a lot of uh, cool online stuff going on. So yeah, I was gonna say um, if if folks, maybe you can give out your Twitter handle. Um, Drew is so dialed into all the um, open source software hardware virtual events right now. Like when I want to figure out what's going on, I just look at your Twitter feed. Um, can you tell everyone what your Twitter handle is? Yeah, it's uh, PDP7, like the old mini computer from the 60s. Um, and the other thing uh, is Hackaday has a cool calendar of events and classes. Right. So um, if anyone knows of anything, you can um, send it into uh, but I think it's a super conference at hackaday.io and they'll put it on the calendar. Yeah, Sophie's been doing a really good job of organizing all of the things that are going online. And then there's um, a weekly hack, hack chat. And then yeah. there's the constant uh, stream of other activities. So thanks yeah. for getting word on all that stuff. Cause I think um, even when we're um, physically distant, we can be socially close. I think that the terminology um, that, that started yeah. socially distant, that's actually not what we should be doing. We should be physically distant but socially And we're in connected. cyberspace, like yeah. we live here. We like, this is, you know, we're just doing what we do, but it's more of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And thanks. now everything, now all the events are online, so we can participate in any yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all right, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. More of each other. All right, all right, all right next up we're gonna go oh. to Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Hey. Oh, it's wow. pretty good, though I'm jealous of that weather because it's snowing outside right now. And I could not use that anymore. So a couple of weeks ago, I asked you guys for some advice on robotics and got a bunch of uh, equipment, which I now have. And after a while of having the robot steer left and right randomly, I decided I needed a library to now balance on R the RPMs. Unfortunately, I didn't get to upload it to GitHub before uh, coming on here. But now I can set both wheels. Uh, to whatever RPM I want to measure how far and fast nice. it's going. And after running after running it for quite a while, they were about one RPM difference in uh, 2000. So it went from about a 3% difference down to uh, less than 0.1%. Awesome. All right, you got a driving straight robot now. Yeah, it's a start. 
Okay, cool. Well, good work on your robot. Come, keep coming back as you do more robot stuff. We'd love yeah. to see this robot blossom into the robot it will be. And uh, you're racking up a couple. I hope so. And see what else. Once we're shipping, yeah, stickers, thanks you'll a lot. Well, right, that'll be great. Thanks, Mark. Okay, next up, we're gonna go to Lars. I think Lars' screen just went. Uh, Dark. So Lars is out. Let's go. Oh, oh yeah. Lars is back. Lars is back on this screen. If, maybe. We'll see how long this lasts. Yeah. My connection yeah. has been floating in and out this evening. Yeah. Go fast. All right. <laughs> so for reasons I won't get into right now, I wanted to have a device that would let me know if a certain uh, Wi-Fi personal hotspot came online in our house. And I was looking for something that was dramatic more than practical. <laughs> so yeah. So. What we came, what I came up with, I had an old doorbell floating around uh, in the basement, and so we have this old shoebox here, which a few LEDs in it, a big doorbell mounted into it, and at first my idea was to do everything in uh, MicroPython, and that's the detection sound right there. Awesome. Everything in MicroPython on ESP8266. That didn't work though because it turns out that the uh, Wi-Fi scanning code under MicroPython is a blocking operation and it stops timers and interrupt handling and everything else. So what I ended up doing is moving all the physical UI stuff. So there's a silence button on this to run it in silence mode um, and the actual handling of the relay and the doorbell, move that all onto an Arduino Uno and leave the ESP8266 just for the Wi-Fi scanning. But of course, once you have something like that set up, you obviously need to add a web interface to it. So it grew a web interface that lets you go in and you know view the scan results and add targets to your list of things to alert on. And of course, once you have that, you need a REST API. So <laughs> it ended up with a bunch of uh, four separate chunks of code, one handling the server, one handling Wi-Fi scanning, one handling the dynamic UI, and then one handling the physical UI aspect. And it's all packaged in a box like this. Oh, oh no. I don't know, Lars. I was just about to say Lars invented like an email client. I know. <laughs> Lars, like we created the internet. All right, Lars. Well, yeah, there we go. Oh, you're back. I was gonna just make a joke that said, "Oh, great, you made you made email." Close, close <laughs> to that. So that has been my project for the past couple of weeks. It's very silly and not very practical, but it's been fun. But you learned a lot. <laughs> oh no, this is great. I, I love it. I, I totally did. Uh, it's on GitHub, well documented, and lots of exciting code. I'll stick a link to it in the chat in case anyone else is, you know, looking for a sh five minutes of amusement. Yeah, All right. Yeah, and you know, good work with using the ESP eighty two sixty six as like a Wi Fi coprocessor. We do that with a lot of our designs for other stuff. It's great sure. for that. Not great. Not, not great when you have to have it do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Lars. Thanks, Lars. Okay, we're gonna go to Code Minion, and then we're gonna go to Bob, and then we gotta get out of here. So if each of you can keep it to like two minutes each, we can get to both of you. Code Minion, take it away. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey. Good. Calling from uh, Florida. Um, so I've been working on a prop for cosplay, but this is not what I wanna show you guys. What I wanna show you is what came out of uh, what I was working on. And so I needed something to work on the LED patterns. And I knew that if I was going to start messing with the numbers, it was going to become tedious. So I started looking for ways to have some sort of graphical edits. Can you guys see my screen? Hold on. Share screen. Yeah, I'll share screen. I'll be able to. Uh, give me one second. Here we go. All right. Can you guys see my screen now? You should be yeah. seeing uh, GIMP, right? Perfect. Yeah. So GIMP has uh, Python uh, interfaces that allows you to write plugins for them. So I figure if I could leverage the strength of uh, of GIMP to generate the LED patterns, 
uh, it will help me out a lot because then I can work on the actual frames one at a time. So what I did is I came up with a plugin that takes the image from uh, GIMP and then it turns it into NeoPixel uh, code. So let me actually switch the pattern here so you guys can see what I mean by that. And let me show you the stacking pattern that I have here. So I have a couple of things right now, since I'm only working for with the NeoPixels, I have only written the code for the NeoPixels, but once I generate the code, I can come to my script, run it, And let's see when it actually uploads for a second. Okay, I'm loading. I'm loading. Yeah, sorry about that. It takes. No, it's, this is it's exciting. Yeah, so you see now we have a stacking pattern. And yeah. what actually comes out of that is because uh, this is two files, one of them is essentially just the code. So you really don't have to worry about writing the code yourself. You just include it into the, yeah. into the element. And then the other thing that I add is since I figure because I know there's a lot of people in the cosplay community that may not uh, particularly know how, that well how to code. It also produces a readme file that has a copy and paste uh, sections. That's nice. If you start documenting code, it just pops out the, the stuff. That's cool. Correct, yeah. So that's about it. I have it on GitHub. If anybody wants to use it, it's on their GIMP LEDs. Uh, and that's essentially what I'm going to be using for, for this case. Okay, thank you. Um, also, if you drop me an email, PT at Adafruit, I'll have one of the team members uh, blog it up. That's a useful thing that I think people will that want is to useful. check out. Yeah. yeah, what was it, PT? PT at Adafruit.com. PT at Adafruit, sorry. Let me actually, can you write it down on the chat? Um, yeah, it's just PT at Adafruit.com. Oh, got it. PT yeah. at Adafruit. Thanks okay. a lot. Well take care, guys. All right. All right. Thanks for coming in. Okay, we're going to go to Bob, and then Adam just came in. So, Bob, if you can keep it to a minute, Adam, to a minute, we got to go to start up the next show. So, take it away, Bob. Hello, this is a Bob from Michigan. Um, I have a little project here I've worked on well, for about two years. It's a, uh, a little USB controlled uh, piece of test equipment packaged. It's, a, uh, it's about a 35 watt power supply variable from uh, one to 20 volts. And then a, uh, a voltmeter, universal counter doing pulse width frequency uh, period so on um and then what I, I gotta figure out what to do with this as a product or whatever later and then what i've also done is a uh a board for the uh, uh educational market it just plugs right on the front it's called cool. the oh. micro lab That's and nice. you've got a little thing here that has a bunch of pre-wired labs you just plug it in to whichever lab you want the lab numbers are just listed there and i'm just working on a little curriculum package and it does everything from know your instrument, Ohm's law, lighting and LED, and then some basic AC. This is cool. That's awesome. Well, when you're ready to launch it and everything, let us know. We'll uh, do a blog post about it and uh, get the word out. Okay. Um, who sh would there be a contact at Adafruit? Yeah, the same email address as before, pt at adafruit.com. Pt at Adafruit. Okay. Yeah. Thank you All very right. much. Well, All right. Thank you so much, Bob. We'll send you a sticker when we're shipping stickers. Great work. Okay. All right, okay, we're gonna have to make Adam, some more stickers when we're, when we're ready. Scan us All out. Right. Okay, I'll keep it back. Oh, wow, autofocus just decided to. Your whole life is just focusing lenses. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Small lenses. Stable autofocus. There well, we go. It's like okay. soft mood lighting, okay. Yeah, okay, so um, I had a little bit of excitement before trying to get on the show and tell with this thing. Um, 
I tried to put a sample in it and I pressed the sample exchange button and the system went into a, a safety shutoff. Um, right. It was unexpected. Um, it turns out there's a leaking valve inside the vacuum system. So when I tried to pump down this little chamber, it let air into the bottom of the oil-filled diffusion pump, which is a pump that uses boiling oil vapor to pull the vacuum. That air rushing into the bottom of the pump pushed oil vapor into the rest of the column, I think. Um, so that's going to be a lot of work to clean out, but that's neither here nor there now. Um, I've got something kind of topical today. Uh, it's the AMG 8833 thermal camera. Uh, I figured that everyone's using these cameras, so it might be kind of cool to you know show uh, what actually goes on on the inside of these cameras to get one of them to work. Yeah. Uh, so we're zoomed in here uh, a few, th or what are we at? Uh, just about 100 times magnification right now. Um, and so we can see this kind of array of pixels. If I zoom out a bit, we'll see the, the 8x8 array. Yeah. Um, so we zoom in some more here. Uh, do a stage move. And we'll see in the middle of each one of these pixels, we've got this kind of uh, this metallic row here, this row that's uh, lighting up really bright. Um, and so what this row is, is actually thermally isolated from everything else in the silicon, like there's nothing underneath it. And then each of these right here is basically a, a thermal couple. And so what the device is, what the camera is doing is it's having infrared radiation hit this suspended, this thermally isolated mass here. And then all these thermal couples are just measuring how much thermal radiation hits this thermally isolated mass. Wow, and then cool. you do that uh, repeatedly over the course of the entire pixel. And the reason we're using so many thermal couples is we're looking for very, very minute changes. I mean, the amount of thermal radiation hitting uh, this thing here that's, I don't know, about a micron wide maybe, is very, very small. So we need to use a lot of sensors in order to average out to get any, any sort of reasonable performance out of the camera. Um, and that's why really high resolution thermal cameras are so impressive is you're really trying to amplify a very, very small amount of uh, thermal energy here to figure out what's going on, so. Wow, that's great. This is fantastic because I've been using these. Um, we have these fever scanners, and we're also um, testing other ones to, to see. And I was wondering, like, how exactly do they work? What do the components look like? And this was uh, this is great. Yeah, this, is really, this is exactly it. Um, and you can actually, and I don't here put in a slow scan. You can actually see, like, in the silicon, it's so thin because they want it to be thermally isolated. The the traces coming through the silicon. Wow. Uh, they go to each of the little thermocouples. Um, yeah, I think this is actually the AMG uh, 8833 that uh, you decapped like back when you got the sensors first in Stocklemore. So yeah. I've had this one for a while. <laughs> Good. Well, now time um, to break out the scan. That's all right. Thank you so much, Adam, who always looks like uh, dialing in from International Space Station or a, yeah. or a, you know a lab somewhere making fusion. So uh, thank you so much, and you know you get a sticker too when we're back to sticker shipping. Thank you. This one doesn't have a sticker yet, so we'll have to get one for it. Yeah, thank you so much, Adam. All right, everybody, that is our hour-long show and tell we that we it. do every single week now. We'll be doing this probably forever. Um, every single week, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we do Ask an Engineer at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, everyone has something they make. Everyone has something they can share. And this is the hour of the week where we all come together and we celebrate the things that we make. So if you didn't get on the show tonight, no problem. Tomorrow there's going to be one with JP. Next week, there's one with Noah and Pedro. There'll probably be other ones with some of the rest of the team. And, of course, we do this every single week. So we'll see you on Ask an Engineer in about five minutes. Thanks, everybody. Bye, folks. Bye.